Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Banded together from remote galaxies are the most sinister villains of all time. The Legion of Dudes. Dude. His dudeness. Duder. El Duderino. Dude. Dude. Dedicated to a single objective, the conquest of the universe. It's the Legion of Dudes podcast. And now, here's the dudes. Welcome to another installment of the Legion of Dudes. Hello, everyone. My name is Ken Morgan, and I am joined on this episode by fellow dudes, ex-dude Russell Latham, and the um, chef dude, elder dude. What, I, I, I'm not you blank in what we called you, Jim. And Mr. Jim Dietz. Just don't call me late for supper. And nice. nice to have you back, Ken. Thanks. No, it's 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 been it's good to be here. It's uh, it's it's I'm, I'm off and on lately. It's been very busy, very hectic, but I'm thrilled to be here. And in fact, uh, for those who listen to the show, they they may know because we sometimes mention it casually during our discussions on air that we kind of rotate through the cast as to what we're going to cover on any given episode. And this week was my turn, and uh, I've been so busy, I've been blanking on uh, what book I wanted to bring to the group. But that's okay. Because a separate project that I've been trying uh, to kind of take hold of is uh, something I lovingly refer to as the Avengers Initiative. <laughs> yeah, there it is. I was waiting for a laugh from Russell. Right. Uh, I, picture, I picture you much like uh, the question in the uh, Justice League Unlimited series, where he has like the big wall with all the string connecting all the different uh, <laughs> yes. clippings and stuff. I kind of see you in your basement like that. Well, in Iron Man 2, there was a mention here. <laughs> and like you're connecting all the dots, which is really cool. We had, we'll go into or, that a little bit later. We will. During or like, the, yeah. Or like the older Tony Stark in the most recent Avengers run where he had uh, he had a board similar to what uh, what we saw from DC. That kind yeah, of the chalkboard stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, my, had to go on a huge tangent, but I, I think of during the, the different episodes that we have done and half our waste have done, we've always referred to this is the chalkboard issue or this is the chalk, chalkboard episode of a given show or a comic where they just lay it all out. My son and I, my four-year-old son and I, were watching, for his first time, watching Raiders of the Lost Ark. Which, for me, is the, is the, has the ultimate chalkboard scene because they, in fact, have the chalkboard as, as Indy lays out the whole thing of what the, what the Ark is. Yes. Um, so, just a complete aside there. That was, that was fun. And he fell asleep before the face melting, so no nightmares were to be had that night. And as we as we know from Cap, the Fuhrer was digging around in the desert. That's right. That's, that was a that was a great that great little 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 nod in there, completely bad, unexpected. Bad dates. Bad dates. <laughs> we had we had a, an email thread going on the other day because along with that, my son and I have also been watching uh, some of the Marvel movies, and we we're watching Iron Man two again. And uh, we'll get to that, but that spurred a, a rapid fire email chains that went through because, as Jim said, dots were being connected. So back to my, my little personal pet project is here is we have done commentary tracks so far on, of course, Iron Man and Iron Man 2. And, and we've been hesitant to want to do The Incredible Hulk. Um, so I've wanted to do it. Other people, you know, I'm not going to say they didn't want to do it, but it wasn't as like, yes, let's do it as, as, as Iron Man was. Um, 
between Thor and Captain America and all those little line drawings, I'm pushing the issue. And tonight, from my choice, we are going to do a commentary track on uh, The Incredible Hulk. As you already know, because you downloaded the episode. Plus, uh, it's going to be kind of uh, facing future for our, our someday when we do our Captain America and Thor commentaries as well. Then we'll have all the uh, Marvel movies uh, with commentary tracks to them. Absolutely, that's what we're going to do next. We're gonna we are going to do Thor. Thor releases on DVD, Blu-ray on September 13th. I am not going to promise it that quickly right after that, but I also am going to say don't be surprised if it happens. Uh, I don't know if there's a date set for Captain America. It's still in theaters, so I wouldn't. So it probably isn't. But I would expect that before the end of the year. What I would expect, though, for you guys to keep an eye on, for those who love the Avengers and love what Marvel Studios has been doing, is if you remember back a couple years ago when Blackest Night was in its heyday and we we were covering Blackest Night like, you know, with in complete detail with our monthly episodes, we had a whole separate page laid out for all of our Blackest Night coverage. Uh, my intention is to have your one-stop shop for all of the half-hour wasted Legion of Dues Avengers-related content. That's going to be all the, uh, the the commentaries we're going to be doing. That's going to be any movie review shows that we did or half-hour wasted or any of our other sister shows. Heck, uh, my former show, Too Old to Grow Up, I'll probably even throw in our Iron Man Incredible Hulk shows from that days because the Legion of Dues wasn't around then. So I'll put those in its place. And when we do that... One of the shows you can be sure we're going to include in that list is also our podcast of the month. Jim? Well, our podcast for the month is the newest member of the HHWLOD Mafia. That would be out now with Aaron and Abe. Uh, Aaron's been writing a lot of really great movie reviews on on our uh, website for for quite some time now. And uh, him and his friend Abe basically are doing a podcast where they do an audio version of what he's doing in print on the website. They review the latest movies. And it's not just geek movies. It's not just superhero and uh, you know uh, science fiction and fantasy movies. It's pretty much whatever is in release that week. They go and see it, and they give you the lowdown and the skinny and the scoop. So check it out. It's out now with Aaron and Abe. They're our podcast of the month for August, and we're happy to have them as part of the family. Yeah, Aaron's been writing for us, I think, pretty much since... The uh, the big relaunch of the HHW LOD podcast network back in January is that right, Russ? That is correct. So he's been with the family for some time. Not a stranger to the family, but he's welcome. We love to have. We love that they're on the uh, on the roster of shows, bringing us up to five and a half shows if we can get media minutes going again. Uh, all right. So with no further ado, we are going to uh, now load into our incredible Hulk commentary track. And I'm going to turn it over to Russ, who's going to help you set up your copy of the movie so that we're all synced up. We'll do our countdown. If you've listened to our commentaries before, you know how this works. And uh, we'll get in the movie. Russ? All right. So, as always, like Ken said, when you listen to the commentary tracks and you load up your DVD, Blu-ray, file of choice, however it is you're watching it, past all the FBI warnings, the Interpol warnings, um, or if you don't have those, then you don't have to worry about skipping them. Get past all of that, get to your menu, and actually push play uh, on the main menu to start the actual audio file or the actual video file. And what you're going to do is, and we'll, we'll tell you when to pause, right when you see that you'll hear the universal music kind of going in the background, and you'll see the sun will just start to peek out over that uh, – over that horizon um, that, that we're seeing. And just as that peaks over, hit pause. So, um, so again, go ahead and, and, and get all that set up. And when you get to that point, hit pause. And we're, we're going to um, go ahead and hit 
pause on your Legion of Dudes recording, and when we come back, we'll do a three, two, one countdown, and we'll be good to go. That way, you can sync up the audio and the video. So, um, so go ahead and pause your MP3 player now and set up your video. All right, everyone. So you're back. So we're going to do a countdown and hit start. So three, two, one, unpause. And you should be seeing the Universal logo getting ready to come up just now circling the Earth. It's the nicest weather Earth has ever had. <laughs> it's not a cloud yeah. in the sky anywhere. Well, then it must be Texas. <laughs> Yeah. I remember rain as a boy. I heard you guys had a cold front come through. It went from 108 to 103. Yeah. Yeah. I love these art-specific uh, Marvel intros for all the Marvel movies, too. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I think I commented yes. on one episode somewhere. Uh, they don't all do that, but I think Daredevil's the first one that actually added, like, a flip to it, a little flip sound flip sound effect. Yeah. And uh, jump in real quick with the intro. This was a great way to uh, give us the backstory with the uh, with the Hulk that we already know, but they did it very similar. Really had a, a great feel to the TV series, which I think most people were familiar with. Yes, um, but also yeah, yeah, him sitting in that chair with that uh, the, the cross, cross yeah. hair on his uh, forehead and the X rays and everything that's right out of the TV show opening. Absolutely, it is, and it just really did a a really good job of of getting us where we need to be. Oh, yeah, the, day, almost, the flashing I mean, danger sign is also right out of the. And the and the zoom in on the eye, yeah. Yeah, I always thought this was a really elegant and and smart way to get the origin out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, and just get right to the story. Well, I thought it was great. It's also going against the the against Hulk, which of course only came out what was it three four years earlier, maybe a little bit more. Um, but basically, the whole origin or an origin had been told at that point, so it really would have really been redundant and and off putting to do it all again. Yeah. And well, it, yeah. It would, I mean, that's what the whole Ang Lee Hulk movie was, uh, you know, around was the whole origin story. So, yeah, I agree. And it it just really would have drug it down. You know, that that's what was great about this is we just kind of start off. I mean, get, we get a little bit of slowness in the beginning here, yeah. but now if you but, watch these opening scenes, also for for the continuity gearheads who really love um, what they're building in this Marvel movie universe, there's lots of little things in there. You'll see Shield logos. You'll see Stark Industries logo. Not only is he Stark blueprints in there, but one of them is going to be for the uh, the sound cannon that they use on the college campus later on. Yeah, requisition Stark Industry. There it is. There's the sound cannon. So that was that was pretty cool to see that. We saw Nick Fury's name. Yep, Doctor Sampson. So we're getting on a timeline. No, it hasn't been seen for five months. Of course, now, now we, you got, go ahead. What did you guys think of uh, casting Edward Norton as as uh, Bruce Banner? I can't recall really what my feelings were back when I heard it because also don't, that was also very early in this whole project. I mean, we only kind of knew that the goal was the, the idea, which was. You know that was like a who who would even think it was going to happen that they would bring it all together into the into the Avengers, uh, but when I heard him, I thought you know, he could be good. But my only experience with him really had been 
uh, Fight Club. I really didn't see a lot of Ed Norton movies. I think maybe The Italian Job would be the only other one. Um, so I didn't have a, a strong opinion either way. 25th Hour was really good, too. I don't know if you guys have I've seen that. that. No, I haven't seen it. It's, the, yeah. uh, last, it's about the last night of a guy before he has to go into jail or into prison. Yeah. And uh, he's really good in that, too. So, But I thought it was a good casting choice for Dr. Banner. I mean, he had the depth. He had the right body build, you know, body type or yep. whatever. You know, This whole uh, scene of him being in, in uh, South America somewhere is one of the, I believe, one of the last things that kind of held on from the original script because this has gone through several rewrites. Originally, this was going to be um, There's a Bill Bixby, by yep, the way. Yep, thank you. Yep, Bill Bixby was uh, his, his cameo in there. I, aside here, learning how to speak Spanish from Sesame Street is just perfect because that's the whole point of Sesame Street is to learn whatever language. Mm-hmm. See. Um, but this is one of the, the being in South America is one of the holes over in the original script because originally this was going to be a sequel or at some some level a sequel to the the original Hulk movie. It wasn't going to be compl- a complete reboot, but as this whole Avengers concept as as a, as a series of movies came together, uh, and then of course once Edward Norton came on, he he started getting involved with the rewrites. Um, they really, you know, retooled and said, "No, this is going to stand on its own. It's going to be a clean reboot." But as we said before, doing the 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 origin in the opening credits, every everybody, thanks to the TV show, knows the Hulk. At least knows what they need to know about the Hulk. You know, hit by radiation, he's the Hulk. You don't need much more than that. And that was my big problem with that first Hulk movie. Not that I want to spend any time on it, then I have to. But they overcomplicated his origin. Much more than it needed to be. Yeah, that's kind of why I was surprised that new Spider-Man movie is going to be an origin story all over again. Because I mean, people know who Spider-Man is. Yeah, you know. I mean, they still could have done, they could do a high school movie, but they don't have to make it all an origin. Of course, well, that that's another conversation entirely. You know, I like I like seeing him Banner trying to he's he's got to make do he's. He he's an illegal immigrant. He, he's like any illegal illegal immigrant here in the United States. He just kind of you know get he's working off the books, just trying to stay off the radar. And of course, keep his temper in check. Yep. Yeah, and we saw a couple things there when we first came out of the opening credits. He was doing some breathing exercises with the. Uh, uh, actually, what is that thing called? Uh, pentometer or no? What's it called? The three keeping oh, time. Uh, um. Whatever. Yeah, I think it is a pentometer. Yeah, and uh, and then of course he's taking lessons from uh, apparently a martial arts expert. Of course, part of martial arts is breathing and keeping your under control. So it's all about keeping keeping check of his emotions, and and it's a technique he uses several times throughout the movie. And and I like how they keep in even though he's working on the line he's just another guy that he's he where he can he's trying to help out as a scientist as a um you know as a man who understands a little bit more than just how to fill bottles and things like that yeah and here's a let me put you on payroll it's like well then the record of me this was a nice touch here not only as a way to get him located but just to show how careful he's being of himself I, I, I'm going to assume his reaction here with the blood falling onto the assembly line is not about that they could eventually trace him, but about contaminating somebody else. Yep. But this is his life. He's got to keep control of 
his bodily fluids in a way that, you know, not to make light of it, but no AIDS patient could possibly think of. It's, 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 I guess it's along the same lines, but it's definitely more significant in a fictional sort of way. <laughs> and it sets up uh, She-Hulk if they want to, you know. That's how she got her abilities. Where oh, is it? Was it? From yeah. a tr- blood transfusion. Oh, that's right. That's a good point. But of course, this also is also just as good of a vehicle to uh, get him located and get the get the action started. And set up uh, Stanley's cameo. Yeah, that's right. That's right. This is actually one of my favorite Stanley cameos in this one. Yeah, going outside of Marvel Studios for a moment, I think the one that I really not didn't care for was uh, the second Fantastic Four movie. The first one was great, having him as being Willie the Postman. But when he, uh, I guess, was being himself, like, no, I'm Stan Lee, let me in <laughs> to go yeah. into the wedding. He's like, eh, okay, I guess. Was it Iron Man or Iron Man 2 when uh, uh, he's trying to talk, or Robert Downey Jr. calls him half? That was 2. Iron Man, no, there's 2? That was Iron Man 2, he was half. No, he was, no, you're right, it was 1, it was 1, he was Larry King in 2. Yeah. But apparently in the credits he was Stan Lee as himself. Don't make me hungry. (laughs) <laughs> he had a nice, nice play on Bill Bixby's catch line as the Hulk. Yep, I liked his uh, going back to Stanley, his his cap cameo, you know, the full general with all the ribbons and stars and medals and everything. Mm-hmm. His pants getting higher. No, he's got a, he's got a jacket wrapped around his waist. That's all that is, but it still looks funny. <laughs> he's he's Shane from The Walking Dead. <laughs> And I, I thought this was a really, you know, when you think about it in retrospect, the fact that they're, they're, he's hiding out in an area that is very densely populated and very claustrophobic where, you know, if he were to turn into the Hulk, um, you know, he'd have very limited mobility, not as easy for him to get around, um, you know, much more noticeable and not as much, you know, not really a place to hide. So I thought, I thought that was kind of cool. Right, yeah. And this whole Mr. Blue, Mr. Green, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, th- this was a whole thing they did in the comic. And if, I'm, if I remember correctly, Mr. Blue was actually Betty. Yeah, it was uh, during, I think, the um, Bruce Jones run when it was more of him on the run as a fugitive. That's how he contacted Betty, uh, was you know, Mr. Blue, Mr. Green. Yeah, not that he was, in, he was involved in these scenes, but I thought it was going to be a Tim Roth uh, nod. Oh, ha, <laughs> ha. Reservoir Dogs, yep. yeah. Why am I Mr. Pink? This is the most elaborate espresso machine I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it just shows how smart Bruce really is that he could take nothing and you know come up with what he needs to get the job done and that he's you know, mail-ordering, yeah. you know, pieces, parts, and cobbling stuff together just to just to make it work. It 
It's cool how they use the visual cues of the cells. I mean, you didn't even have to say anything, and you knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, hey, red goes are green. What else would you would you expect? I'm not a hundred percent versed on my Hulk lore, um, but when I went back and researched, and by research I mean like two minutes on Google, some of the names in here, like including. Like when when Sam, when Stearns had this thing at the end where he got the uh, the drip of the blood or whatever in his head in his in his cut and his head started you know kind of mutating a little bit, my first thought was oh the leader. Well, I didn't realize at the time that well you know Stearns really is the leader. So I mean right. as soon as as soon as somebody heard his name, they should have thought oh well we know where that's going. Yeah. Well, it's cool that they threw those things in there, whether they're going to use them or not. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. They're there, and they can always use that later, pull it in or not. You know, it's it's there, and it's part of the lore. Yeah. Now, I haven't heard officially if there's been any talk of there being an actual sequel to this to this movie. And we've already heard for 2013 we're going to have Iron Man 3 and Thor 2. There's Stanley. Stan. But uh, I haven't heard anything regarding uh, going forward with this movie. With this movie again, have you? Any of you? No. the The only thing I've heard is the the TV show that they're trying to get off the ground, and I I'm we have not no sure expect, we have that, no expectation of that being tied into the Avengers, do we? I that's what that's what I was just going to say. I don't I don't have I don't know one way or the other if they plan or not plan on doing that. My understanding was it would be more like a reboot of the original TV series, not not necessarily tied to what they're doing. One comment um, I had heard uh, on the internet was something along the lines of, it's like Teen Wolf, but instead of turning into a shaggy beast, he turns into the Hulk. It's basically not a teen thing, but it's he's very young. Gotcha. Well, not to go too far off track, but I also heard that um, Alias, uh, <laughs> a.k.a. Jessica Jones, is being adapted for TV as well. Yeah, and I noticed that they have to call yeah. it simply a.k.a. Jessica Jones. They can't, they're not calling it Alias in any way. Well, yeah, J.J. Abrams' Alias. There'd be too much confusion. For obvious reasons, yeah. Yeah. There you go, Jim. You're un- you're ready. You're up. You had some laughter you wanted to uh, ensue. I, think, to... I I love Tim Roth. He's a great actor. Reservoir Dogs, Vincent and Theo. He's been in a lot of good movies. I just I thought he was kind of miscast in in this movie. You think he does the best he can with the character, though? See, I I, I don't know. First off, can someone confirm was Blonsky the Abomination, or is that something? Yes. They may- okay, thank you. Yeah. Yes. All right, because I know that they're calling him Blonsky in the the cartoon Earth Minus Heroes, but I also seem, see them doing a lot of things that are in the movies in that series, like Jarvis the Computer, things like that. Um, but if if Blonsky was in fact a an older special commando, you know, not quite quite uh, done with it, but also but at the same time out of his prime, like he says earlier, if I had my knowledge now in the body ten years ago, um, that seems. I don't know, I thought he worked worked pretty well for me here. Although I can see, yeah, he doesn't really, especially when there's a one scene when he's just in like a t-shirt or something, he doesn't really look like he should be as tough as he's trying to be. Yeah, I was thinking maybe somebody more physically imposing or, uh, um, you know, just some, I mean, he doesn't look like, he doesn't have the look of someone who's been a special operative for that long. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah he doesn't come across as a military badass. Exactly. Well put. Yeah, the... Uh, yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, here we go. Now Bruce has to go home. I definitely think that Norton's um, addition to the script is is a plus here because I think it is fairly tight and it doesn't get real cheesy. 
Um, you know, there's a little bit of a. I think this is this has the least amount of comedic elements of any of them added in, um, and I think that probably has a lot to do with Norton's hand in the script development. I'd love to know who, because I don't believe uh, that um, John Favreau was involved with this as producer. Was he? He may have been. I don't think so. Because he he was involved with uh, with Thor on a production level, and I think he's still touching the Avengers on a production level, isn't he? I know he's not directing Iron Man three. Yes. But, but where I'm going is I'm wondering if who if it's just simply you know Quesada or Bendis or whoever at Marvel, but who is who's keeping the thread going through all these all these movies? Because as much as this stands by itself, there's enough and there's a lot of stuff planted in here. That when you go back and you watch Iron Man or you go back and you watch Cap, especially, um, that pulls you back to this movie. Think that they planted three years ago. My understanding, it's Kevin Feige. Yeah, that's okay. what I was gonna say. Yeah, he's the the thread that that really is tying everything together, and he has a heavy hand in a lot of the Marvel movie stuff. But no, just looking at the at the credits and stuff, um, Favreau was not involved in the Hulk. At all, or at least he's not listed or credited anywhere. But, okay. but yeah, he is producer on the Avengers. But I, I saw an interview recently with him, and his role is extremely minimal. He's basically said, "I'm around if they need me. Otherwise, I plan on just staying away." Yeah, and I'm and I'm at this point after having seen what they've been doing, I'm pretty happy with that. My first thought way back when when Iron Man uh, first came out, and they're talking how everyone was so excited about this project. Favreau was on board. Robert Downey Jr. is the one who surprised me the most. Who he's like, whatever you need, let's make it happen. You know, he he was down for Iron, down for Iron Man two, down for the Avengers. Like, let's go. Um, you know, when I first heard that Favreau was was dialing it back, how much of that was him? How much of that is Marvel slash Disney? I don't know. Don't really care. Um, but with everything else going on uh, that's been out so far, I'm re- it really looks like they're this is moving in the right direction for me. And I haven't been disappointed by any of these five movies yet. Yeah, I mean Christopher Yost, of course, probably has a hand. Um, um, you know, and if you look at the credits of all of them, you, there's, there, like Russ was saying, you know, you see Bendis, uh, Brubaker, and Joe Quesada always listed as Marvel consultants. So, yeah. I mean, like you said, Ken, it's very much been in mind throughout all this, whether it's you know Favreau driving the bus or if it ends up being Whedon driving the bus with the Avengers. You know. All the groundwork has been laid. Yep. I mentioned the the cartoon Earth Mightiest Heroes. I know you guys have been watching it since the beginning. I've only just recently started watching it on Netflix. But um, again, my son, we've been watching that, and we have been loving that series. Um, you guys said they dialed back the theme song a little bit earlier when we were talking offline. Um, so are, is season two airing right now? Like, where, What are they up to? Season it's, two just ended, like, what, two or three weeks ago, right, Russ? Oh, really? I, with a I huge think, cliffhanger, oh my god! Yeah, I think actually this is all considered, if I'm not mistaken, season one. Like, yeah, it, it I was saw split s- in two two pieces. Okay, because on Netflix yeah. it's season one, episodes one through twenty six, ending with a three parter in Asgard. Okay, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's, that's the end my... of season. I thought it was season two because I go by like thirteen seasons and ep- you know. Uh, okay, and that's been the same. That's been the same. Season, so. That's been the same opening yeah. credits through all twenty six episodes. That's what confused me when you said they they dialed it back. Yeah, they they kind of did. I'm not sure if it's officially season two or if it's like a lot of the cable stuff where they do the half seasons because there wasn't a full year break between the first half and the second half, which normally 
you know, with cartoons, there's there's usually a, almost a full year break um, because of the lead time and everything. So, uh, you know, how they package it, I'm not, I can't say 100, percent but I th- I think they're they're calling it all these 26 episodes, season one. That's that's exactly how it's being presented on Netflix. Awesome. Sweet. But yeah, the last one is uh, the big. Uh, it's like two or three parts in Asgard. Yep. Yep, that's the guy. Well, yeah, one part on Earth and two parts in Asgard. Have you seen that one yet, Ken? Watch them all. Started... Watch them all. When Tony Stark makes that Uru armor, man, oh, that is yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. I um, yeah, I don't want to go too far in spoilers for that because I'm sure we'll discuss that again. Uh, and I guess we probably should have said this at the beginning. Being a commentary track, of course, we are spoiling this, but you're watching it with us in theory. Um, but we're also going to be talking about Captain America the movie and Iron Man 2, if we, as we already have been, because so, there'll be references in those movies as well. So even though, I'm sorry, you may not have seen Cap yet, we'll try to keep the spoilers to a minimum on that, but we are going to refer to it. I like, to get back on uh, to the movie, you know, obviously we get this, this great chase scene. We get um, there's Chris Owens, who was uh, Agent Spender from uh, the X-Files back in the day. But again, they're they're building the anticipation. They're not letting the cat out of the bag immediately where he, he turns into Hulk, you know, right away, but not quite as far as, as when they typically do an origin where we're waiting 30, 45, sometimes an hour into it before the hero becomes the hero. Um, and again, you know, because of like, a, like I was saying before the claustrophobic chase scene, um, it makes it interesting that he's really trying to contain himself and to stay banner because he knows the type of destruction and you know what's going to happen if he's able to to change into the Hulk, right? I think it makes it more dramatic when he finally does uh, turn to the Hulk as well. Yep. And of course, he's getting uh, chased on both ends by the local thugs that um, don't like the fact that uh, he's kind of moving in on them, and he's kind of this smart guy. And of course, he's uh, the the woman is uh, the lady, the very attractive lady. Um, that worked in the plant too has kind of got eyes for him, and then of course we get the military coming in also. He warned you. Yep. Yep. What did you guys think of William Hurt as, as Thunderbolt Ross? I liked him. I liked him a lot. Yeah. That came off a little better than I thought, even. Very Bill Bixby right there. Very, very much. Yep. Yeah, with the shadows, with nothing but the eyes. Yep. Yeah, I like how we're not going to... Like, I like how we don't see... You really don't see the Hulk beyond shadow in this whole sequence. We don't get a first good look at him until the, the campus scene later on. Yeah, but one thing I really appreciated and stood out to me when the first time I watched this was the way they characterized this Hulk. He's not just this vessel of rage, just this this force of nature. He's I'm not going to go so far as say he's intelligent, but he's aware. He can speak. Yeah. He can communicate. Um, you know, leave Hulk alone. He says. You know, he recognizes Betty later on, Hulk smash, all that. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a decent shot of him there, but that's about as best we get. But he he he's, he he is aware of himself, but also just doesn't care. He'll just still destroy you. And I think from, from 
from what I understand, I think that's going to be even taken a little further in the Avengers. I think they're going to make him a little more aware, maybe closer to the cartoon, but right. not quite that dramatic. Well, I think we got a, a taste of that. We'll, we'll, we get a taste of that at the end here when we see um, uh, what Banner tries to do. Like in terms of not, he was trying to invoke. At the end, we'll see he's trying to invoke a, 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 a yeah transformation. A, a transformation as opposed to controlling it. She's surprised he's, tra- he's trying to control the Hulk when he does transform. And I'm going to guess that because of what happens at the the uh, the final scene where the Hulk is somewhat in control and controlling his actions, what he's doing, uh, that that goes both ways. You know, there's yeah. control being being had. My my prediction for the Avengers is going to be that. And this is in part based on the Tony Stark scene later on, that the first task of the Avengers is to you know retrieve the Hulk, but then in turn he will become part of the team and be a participant. In in some way, I mean it's a very general. I, mean, I don't know how I don't know what form that will take. That would be a good action action sequence to start the movie with. It absolutely would, yeah. And it would be a credible threat that would involve have to involve all the heroes. Yep, we'd uh, we we do that without the benefit of Thor because I, I he would not be back yet. Um, the middle act or, or, or before we get to the middle of the movie, Thor will be brought back because of the cue because uh, I believe the hint we're giving in Captain America regarding that, and um, then Loki comes comes in and hijinks and so. That's my own my own hunch. There he is. Great close up. That's me before I get my coffee in the morning. Yeah. Now, what is it that Hulk does again? Hulk oh, right. Smash. Hulk smash. Hulk smash. That's it. I like when they show Hulk where he uses the environment, whether he's, you know, picking up a you know, the car doors and using them as shields or, you know, picks up something, uses it as a battering ram and, and things like that, as opposed to just relying on the fact that he's indestructible. That's one of the best things about the, uh, the video game that went with the first Hulk movie. The entire, everything in the environment was what you could destroy and use as a weapon. You're picking up cars, buildings, you know, I mean, anything you could pick up, you could either destroy or, or wield. It was really good in that sense. Yeah, that was a good game. Uh, Ultimate destruction, I think it was called. It might've been, yeah. Yeah, but it was uh, that's the way a Hulk game should be. Yeah. You need to be able to destroy and pick up and manipulate yep. everything and rip it to shreds. I remember also in that game you could make like boxing gloves out of the uh, bodies of cars. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, that's something to do. It's right out of this movie, too, that you used. Yeah. I love that they kept him in the dark. You yeah. know, Ross knows full well exactly what he's dealing with, but he didn't. Uh, he didn't let Blonsky, you know, know. He kind of hinted at it. Well, didn't he say something like in the briefing, like you know, if he sees you coming, it's all, it's all over or something to yeah. that effect? Yeah. Well, and too, I think it's one of those things where you can say it all you want, but until you experience it firsthand, you're probably not going to believe it. Yeah. Yeah, it shows the uh, the intense level of quality that Marvel Studios wants to bring to these movies by the, the caliber of actors they bring to these uh, you know affairs like me, William Hurt, 
Oscar winner. Tim Roth has won an Oscar, you know. Jeff Bridges, you know, I mean, Robert Downey Jr., they they really care about crafting, like, a quality mythology here, and it really shows. And this would be a great setting for Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Before we leave. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, on the set of Lost. Yeah, we never saw, like, we didn't see the Hulk do his whole jumping thing until the end we'll see that. Uh, but here, like, we just know he's somewhere, and it's not until he finds the, his ride that he realizes he's, not, he's in a totally different country. Yeah. That's... But, but again, I like it. Yeah, I like it, that they're a great way not of doing shoving it in, in This is good, face. too. I'm sorry to interrupt you. They're here with Days Without Incident com, con, uh, concept. You know, that was yeah. a nice way to, to show what's going on, especially if that... The rule of three, you know, you, you want to hit something three times. That will come back at the very end with the whole, you know, he's trying to invoke a, a transformation. Days without incident goes on the zero. Yeah. Yeah, he's totally confused. Wow. Yeah, what the hell? You're in the middle of the jungle, you know, American for sure. What the hell? I'll bring you. Why not? Yeah, they they get their little nods into what's come before, be it the the comics or the movies or what have you. But they they don't do it in an over the top kind of way. Like there's a no, it's not here. It's back when we get back to Banner. Uh, the thing with the I, I know what you mean though. They slip them in without them being. Um... Like, you know, obtuse part of the story where if you didn't know the reference, it would ruin something for you. You know what I mean? Like in the Cap movie where they show the original Human Torch in the tube. Yes. You know, if you know about that, it's there. But if you don't, it's just part of the scenery. Yeah, Clancy Brown would have been better in that role, I think. Maybe a little too old. Ah, a little too old, the, but then he, uh, yeah, the famous oh, yeah, music, the, music. Yeah, the walking away music was good. Yeah, I don't think he means to be get begging for money at this point, but it just kind of works out that way. Or maybe yeah. he is. I don't know. He wants to buy his new pants. What else can he do? He he looks for stretchy pants. <laughs> Yeah, and then he makes the comment about purple. Do you have any other color? Purple? Wasn't, no, actually, <laughs> wasn't it? Isn't it I think it's Betty. No, it's Betty later on that comes back with purple pants, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where, yes, the, that's right. where the purple pants come in. Again, another little subtle thing. There's the stretchy pants. At night, I like to sometimes put on my stretchy pants. One thing that bugged me, not bugged me, but just kind of stood out for me, but I also understood where they do it because they would have to explain it then and it'd be just more than you need, is as hard as it is to cross the border in theory, they didn't show how he gets back into the country. He just kind of yeah. does. All right, here we go. My My new favorite scene of this movie is right here.
I love that. Yep. <laughs> Dusted it off, trying to make it better. And they they go out of their way in Captain America to show them taking blood from him because the only the last sample of the of the serum was was destroyed. Um, the scientist, I'm blanking on his name, was killed. The only evidence they have of the program is now Steve's blood. So they took so much blood, and that comes yep. to play right here. Doctor Doctor Erskine. Erskine, thank you. I was thinking Erskine yeah. or something. It's interesting too because this is very much tied into the I think the Ultimate Universe more so than mm-hmm. uh, than the mainstream Marvel with Banner working on the Super Soldier Project and with the advancement of the Super Soldier Project specifically yep. um, tied into yep. to the uh, to the Ultimates. We also have uh, in Thor the reference to a Gamma scientist who was end up working with Shield and was never heard from again. Yeah. Banner. Um, I also wonder if. In Cap, they make a very good specific point of they're going to inject a serum, then they're going to saturate the subject with Vita rays, which they didn't explain, it's just light, for all we know. I'm wondering if, in this path of this new version, are they looking at gamma rays to be a replacement, or the next step from what those, whatever those Vita rays were, and that's why they were experimenting with gamma. Or maybe gamma rays were Vita rays. That's just what they called them then because they didn't know uh, the proper term. Very possible. That's good too. And again, using this concept of days without incident to show you how long it's been. We know it's been 17 days now. It's been you know two, nearly nearly a month, two thirds of a month since what happened south of the border. It took them that long to get back to the United States. So just a little little cues to to help us along the way. So also that means right about now, um, let's see, it would be now, I'm trying to think when Tony Stark's birthday party would be, because Tony Tar- Stark's birthday party is a couple of days before the end of Iron Man 2, which is before this happens in the scene here, so it's probably all happening around the same time. If there was any casting choice in here I wasn't crazy about was was this one. Not that Liv Tyler did a bad job. She just um, didn't really do it for me. Her emotional voice, her tone when she tries to you know become emotional is just nothing more than she whispers. Best. Isn't that Doc Samson? Didn't we? Did they name him as, as being Samson? There was a thing in the opening credit sequence that said Dr. Elizabeth Ross, Dr. Leonard Sampson on the uh, okay on the same uh, thing. So I'm assuming that's who it is.
Don't try this to Gypsy, okay? <laughs> Not even if it's an old friend of the restaurant, you know, who used okay, to be good to you right, and fine. you know just needs a place to stay for a couple of days and maybe to borrow a couple of uh, takeout bags to sneak into a college campus secured area to hack just some files. Don't, don't hawk out in my kitchen. I try to keep my kitchen clean, please. All right, all right. <laughs> Not a lot going on at this point for us to really uh, <laughs> talk about. It is pretty fortuitous he has a spare room upstairs, though. Yeah, that, that is good for him. Another uh, another uh, cameo coming up here. I believe he played a security guard in the last one as well. Or the previous Hulk movie. There he is. I just happen to have an extra pie. Here you go. <laughs> nice. Yep. I think uh, it was Lou Ferrigno and uh, Stan Lee were together walking through campus in the first Hulk movie. Or the other Hulk movie, I should say. I don't want to rag on that movie the whole time. It's it's not that it was... There were definitely good parts of that movie. It really was just the way they overcomplicated the whole origin and the whole concept. It was just unnecessary. The father, the nano-robots, the, you know, whatever else they did. It was just crazy. I mean... Ang Lee's made some great movies that just was not one of that them. That was just not one of them. That was just a complete, I don't know, misunderstanding of the character or what the point was. Like... I didn't. I didn't get making it for his. Uh, his father changed his his own DNA, and then that in turn changed how his son would be born once he was conceived and born, and that's what made him. It, it was like a perfect perfect storm had to happen to get the Hulk to be created. Where in the comics and even in this one, it's like hit by gamma rays, Hulk. I'm good. Oh, and the and the poodles. He finds out he has been erased, <laughs> as well as all his work. You have been derezzed. I wonder if he has like a portable version of his encryption software that he can just plug into any computer and use all this, because no matter what computer he's on, he seems to be able to do it. it must be loaded on a flash drive, because he's, even when he's in the gas station, he's able to do this. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. <laughs> Another one. These they can't help but want to just come in at closing time. It's so true, though, man. Oh, I know. I, I, even at brunch day, we... Oh, wait, that's the guy from Modern Family. Oh, my uh, God. Yes, he is. Yes, he he's is. The dad on my, he's, he's the dad on Modern Family. Isn't he... Is he... Yeah, okay. He's married to Julie Benson's character. I, I, first I was going to say, is he one of the two dads, but he's not. No, he's the other dad, yeah. 
And again, another coincidence, she just happens to see him and they get together and she just happens to have the data, so it all works out. Just enough to make her think he's, uh, he's there. Yep. Tell me, did I see what I thought I saw? I just keep expecting her to whip out a sword and summon <laughs> the horses of the river and, you know, <laughs> Arwen stuff. Nice, yeah. Your father, he is. Again, right from the TV show, this is always yep. like the way they ended the show with him hitchhiking. Hitchhiking, walking, the whole deal. I think we're having some connection problems tonight, folks. It's just Jim and I not here and Russ because Russ ain't here. I'm sure he'd have a lot more to say about Liv Tyler's performance. And, folks, it's uh, just me now. No, I'm here. Oh, you are back. Okay. Oh, you're there. I yeah, there was a, a you, little so. Skype, okay. Skype flutter. Yeah, we've got, I guess I heard from, uh, from Russ. He's got to reboot his internet. Hopefully his, his computer's still running so he's not losing his spot in the DVD. But <laughs> So we into the garage, close the windows. But you know what? You're still the boyfriend to call dad, so. This has been a common in pretty much every version of Hulk that I've seen. They want to, the military wants to make it a weapon. They want to control it. They want to you know, be able to duplicate the Hulk, and um, he just wants to get rid of it. Here we go. Here we're going into the uh, the, the storm now to uh, collect the super solar serum. All all the stuff has been kept on ice. I'm looking to see the nameplate. Uh, Viterate. Let's say Viterate. Cryosync. It's, yeah, and Cryosync yep, was the other name. Yep, this is all the same stuff that they use, the same kind of nameplates. Nothing Stark, so they didn't give that away in this movie at this point yet. Another, again, it's a blue serum, a blue liquid, again, just like... Just like in the in Cap was, so... Just those little details that from, you know, three years ago they were to play out that... It still amazes me that this project has actually happened the way it's it's coming together. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I just hope it pays off for them in the long run. I'm sure it will, though. Yeah. 
I mean, the movies overall have been very successful. They haven't. They've been very successful. I mean, sequels have been spawned. Uh, three in the case of Iron Man. We're expecting a third one there, which I really do hope they go with the Mandarin in that one. Uh, I can't imagine they wouldn't at this point. And, uh, uh, yeah, you see it come together. But I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Banner and the Hulk being integral parts of the Avengers. I'm, I'm looking forward to... If anything, that might be really what I'm looking forward to most of all, is how they integrate the Hulk and how he's used. I mean, I'm also interested to see if Mark Ruffalo brings anything different to the role. You know what I mean? I was watching... Um, I was flipping channel. I, had, I found my way to IFC and Zodiac was on. I hadn't seen that in a couple of years. I just watched that the other night, too, on IFC. It was probably yeah. the same night. And I forgot he was in that, so I'm watching that, and I'm looking, and I'm like, okay, I could see him work as Banner. I mean, that's only one role, but still. Good movie. Yeah, it is. Is that necklace around her uh, neck from Aragorn? No. <laughs> even, even stuck. The love theme from The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah, well, you know, it I'm also not... could be a badass, you know, at the end of his prime, you know, at the end of his run. Michael Rucker. Hey, uh, let me ask you. Yeah, the uh, tattoos are they his or are they for the for the movie? Are they Roth's? I know he has tattoos. I just don't know if they're those tattoos. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I just didn't know if you knew. Yeah, I'm guessing the special forces tattoo is not his, but the the armband thing might be. Okay, there's the blue aqua velvet stuff. Yep, right out of cap. a big needle yeah you know I'm, I'm thinking here with with what he becomes and all that the uh from captain america you know what it, it magnifies everything good becomes great bad becomes worse you know that's how we get the red skull and that's how you get the abomination i guess Yeah, it's not. This whole scene coming up is probably my favorite of the uh, of the, the the three main action pieces: the opening, this, and then the, and the fight at the end. This is probably the one I enjoy the most because we get our our first real good look at the Hulk. We get to see a lot of what he can do, and uh, they, they 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 hit a lot of the things you want to see with the Hulk do. I much preferred the CGI on this Hulk to the previous Hulk as well. I mean... Yeah, I'm not crazy about the ever-present, constant flexing, tensing the muscles where you can see every little fiber of his muscles in that. I wasn't crazy about that. But, yes, overall, the animations and everything else and, and everything... Uh, I, actually, ILM did not do this. ILM did the original Hulk. I don't really know who, what house did this, uh, this work. The the other Hulk looked too much like Shrek, I thought. He was like Shrek. I mean, they did a decent job. They they had a goal in mind of making sure the Hulk did look like Eric Bana because it was still supposed to be his face. Um, I don't think they, if they did try to do that with Norton here, they I don't think they went out of their way to do it or even did it at all. But uh, I definitely could see Bana in that face, but he was too too smooth, too too plastic almost. But I I, I did like this Hulk better than the other one. I agree with you. 
thing I don't get, you know, he's trying to escape from them, so what does he do? He goes in a building and he goes up. It's like, you're only going so far if you go up. I get that they're surrounding the building, they're going to be down, but where are you going when you go up? And this is, what else are you going to do with it? <laughs> the only place it's going to go where you know it's going to stay with you when you turn into the Hulk. No guarantee the day is going to be intact, but what the hell. Every time I see that assistant there of his, I keep thinking of Frau from Austin Powers. They made a clone! Yeah, because that's not going to turn into the Hulk if he hasn't already. No, no, don't. I mean, uh... but it did, it did make it for a good reveal. Like, let's fill the room with smoke and then have the Hulk come bursting out, and we'll show one shot of his hand hitting the glass, hulking out. Well, when they put some sort of gas that would knock him out, though, that's what I was. Yeah, was it just tear gas, or was it going to be something else? I think it's just tear gas. Yeah. Nice little reveal with the eyes there. Yep. Wait for it. Yeah, I like that with the like good effect with them hulking out. I like that. I don't know. The muscles are a bit much, but it does make him look a lot angrier. Oh, yeah, yeah. But even when he's at rest, to still see them like that. Like, right now, when he's being a badass, yeah, you expect to see it. One thing I don't get with any kind of time where you do anything where there's a transformation involved, be it the Hulk or a werewolf or whatever... It's like, okay, I get the cellular regeneration, he grows, he gets big, all that. What happens when he reverts? Where does all that extra stuff go? Is it kind of dissolve away? Does it get absorbed back into the body? Because I can't see your teeth getting that big and then going back to the normal size when they're done. It just gets uh, wicked away as water, water fat. Maybe, that just might be my, my hang-up and one of those things that they just look at you and say, just sh shut up and watch the movie. My thing is, I mean, obviously the bullets are having no effect on him at all. Right. Why do they keep shooting him? Mm -hmm. They might get lucky, yeah. hit him in the eye or something. But you're right, his skin's so tough, you know, it's not going to penetrate it. Throws the whole damn engine at the two. Is that Jack McGee there, I think? Or does he come later? I know he's definitely doing some cell phone footage. See, that's the right idea. Go to go to bigger artillery. Yep. 
I think this is the scene that I... F- they showed, like, uh, some preview scenes of the movie. And this is one they did first, uh, was this fight scene. And seeing them use the, uh, the sculpture as a shield and... Our super soldier. Here comes our stock tech now. Run away! Run away! Run away! <laughs> Yeah, that running scene, I mean, they, they, they go out of their way to show how fast he's running, but they do that little effect like he's wearing corduroys, and they're rubbing against each other, and you know, that one sound effect. But, uh, again, that plays back with, uh, with Cap when they show him running really fast as well. But yeah, these are those same things we saw in the opening crowds. We saw some blueprints for them from Stark, Stark Technologies. Yep. <clears throat> Clever weapon, too. I mean, it actually was, it's, it's fairly effective. But this goes back to how he said how he's aware and even somewhat intelligent. He's able to overcome it and react to it. And f- he figures out how to, how, to, how to defeat it. Tell you, if they had two more though those against him, opposite side of them, they had, had four going on him, I don't think he's going anywhere. <clears throat> See what uh, defense uh, budget cutbacks have done? Yeah, they no could have they could have had four sonic cannons, but no, no, they only had two. Well, they do say Hulk is the strongest one there is. So. He is, and and it's. They played more with it in the in the other Hulk movie than this one, but even in the comics, you know, they say the the madder he gets, the stronger he gets, and even the bigger he gets. Um, they didn't really play with that too much in this one, but if it if it holds true, all they're doing is just making it matter. Oh, I love that. Breaks about every bone in his body. But again, that super soldier serum comes back at you. Super sweater to the rescue. <laughs> and she just wants to talk him down. You got guys, let her do what she needs to do. She'll get she'll get banner back. Relax. Yeah, I don't really see Ed Norton in that face. And he's not attacking her there. He's he's protecting her. He's shielding her. But they don't they don't get that. Shield, huh? Another reference. Oh, there you go. Ha ha, yeah. Troublemaker Studios presents. (laughs) 
he's looking at Ross like to say, you did this. This is on you. I think the only system- snitches get stitches. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think the only assistance Shield actively gives in the movie itself, I think, is tracing the emails and that. Um, but we know we see uh, New York is on the uh, is on the Shield map in Iron Man Two as an event site. Things going on. So, and plus, well, they actually the uh, the university fight is happening live as it happens too. So. Because you're a real jerk. Yeah, you know, looking back at, at Captain America and the, uh, the 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 end credits scene and all that, how that worked, and and that that map in Iron Man Two, in Iron Man Two we already had the Arctic had had a had a, a point on it, and of course New York City had a point on it. Now outside of of uh, of this movie, I don't think anything happened in New York yet, and New York in this movie wouldn't have happened at that point yet. So I'm I'm wondering if uh, if Cap's recovery had already happened and they were already monitoring that situation as of the end of Iron Man 2 and as of this movie and and Thor for that matter yeah that was going to be my guess was that it was Cap yeah it's interesting to see how that timeline kind of all works out there's definitely a lot of uh, I think I linked to it and we talked about it on the show before there's someone had had written a like a timeline a narrative of all the key events, and I need to go and find that link and go back and look at it now that Captain America is out to see if they can fill in a lot of the, some extra blanks in there. Stupid sky! Because there's a, there's a lot in, uh, between Captain America and Iron Man 2 that um, we were talking at the beginning, of that before we started the commentary, that I, I, I had was putting stuff together. I saw in the... Uh, in the notebook, in, in Howard Stark's notebook that Tony was reading, the, the designs or some, some notes from when he studied the Cosmic Cube. Well, pieced together that with within Captain America, there's a scene where he's experimenting, where, Howard, where Howard's very present in that movie. In Iron Man 2, Nick Fury is saying uh, that uh, Howard was on to make the, the next great power source, the arc reactor was a stepping stone, there was a new element that Tony was rediscovering that was uh, the structure for the element was encoded or hidden inside the, the, the Stark Expo layout that Tony worked with. And he basically d- uh, discovered or synthesized a new element for his armor or for his chess piece. The conclusion I drew to that and everything we read in Cap was that basically Tony recreated the material the Cosmic Cube is made out of and the power of the Cosmic Cube is powering his new armor. That would make sense. I would think that maybe, you know, I mean, he, he, he hid the, the element in, you know, the structure of, uh, you know, Stark Expo or whatever, probably because he didn't have the tech to, uh, to replicate it himself, but Tony could. Yeah, he also didn't want to have it out in the open for anybody to see, because considering the, how powerful it could be, so he, he hid it in plain sight and coded it, basically. 
um, to, to hide it in order for Tony to figure out. It, it, it's just pretty... Um, you know, just one of the things, these little seeds, a lot of that stuff was in there like that seemingly just background for our benefit to say, okay, this is Howard Stark, this is Tony reconnecting with his father, but it's also very important or key to the overall continuity that's flowing between all these movies. Plus, I think it's really pretty awesome that the Mark IV armor is powered by Cosmic Cube. Yeah, and um, the, the one thing, that was kind of a sticking point for me in Iron Man 2, but now that I've seen Cap, it makes more sense. You know, that he had this element, but he just didn't have the tech to replicate right. it. yeah. And when I saw Iron Man 2, I was like, no, nah, it's kind of weird or whatever, but now the rest of the picture's been filled in. Yep. But yeah, and that's it. We didn't have all the pieces. And, and this is why I, asked you, why I was asking before, the thread holding all these together, because as far as production standpoints of actors and writers and everything else, there's not a lot in common between the two movies, just the writers and this overall goal to have the Avengers. But the, it's these fine details that bring it all together so tightly that there's definitely a conscious effort to make this happen. No, nothing's, nothing's an accident. Nothing's meaningless in these movies. Really kind of sucks if we lost Russ. He must be really in trouble. He's not back yet. Yeah, he uh, he texted me. He's having some internet difficulties. Yeah. Perils of the internet. Purple pants. There they are. <laughs> yeah, this is the uh, the exact report I think that they were showing at Shield headquarters, or the Shield base at least. Yep. No one will be seated during the gripping haircutting scene. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering um, where the like geography of, of where this is happening and where in New Mexico Thor happened. Uh, some someone there was a lightning storm when when Thor was or not Thor when when Hulk was yelling at the lightning back when they were at the cave. Someone out of right. at the time had a theory out there that during it was during that storm that Thor came to Earth. And there might have been something, a clue in the sky. Where I, I don't buy it. I didn't see it. I was, I'm just, but I'm just curious. That's, that's an interesting premise. Because the timing actually would probably work out. It's something that could be. For sure. Yeah. Actually, yeah no. You know, the more I'm thinking about it, I probably wouldn't. Because... 
I think Thor would have already had to have been on Earth because Coulson already would have left for New Mexico by the time that scene had happened. Talk about the ultimate, like, block. Interrupt, interrupt <laughs> us there. Did something block? It's like, yeah, not even a little excited? <laughs> Although you know what, it's it's a it's a clever way to get around it. I mean, it's like yeah, you want to put that scene, and I, I, I'm saying I want it, but it's like uh, I want to say it was during Predator or one of those kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies that they wanted to have a, a scene like that. And Schwarzenegger was like, you know, that wouldn't happen. We're fighting for our lives here. We don't have time to, to do that. But here it's like the same thing. It's like yeah, let's do it, but it's like oh, we can't. And the Super Soldier Serum, which we know has grants uh, regenerative abilities and basically heals quickly. Healed him up. He's ready for round two. Actually, ready for round three. He says, Yep, round three. Ha ha ha! Lip gloss. Yeah, lip gloss. So they have the conversation about not using credit cards after she goes out and buys all the stuff, including a fairly expensive uh, heart rate monitor watch. And she paid for that how? Probably credit cards. There you go. But we're, we're not going to worry about that part. Now, see, this was, okay, you know, he did put a flash drive in. So I'm going to guess he does. Oh, no, he, well, he's sending the data, though. Um. But what is he encrypting it with? Is it on his flash drive? I saw him, yeah. Norton, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. There's our S.H.I.E.L.D. logo. S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. I remember back when Iron Man first came out, and they kept calling it the Strategic Homeland, uh, whatever, Enforcement Division. Uh, the Enforcement, in S.H.I.E.L.D., Homeland, Investigation... Uh, enforcement logistics division. Uh, they kept calling it that, calling it that, calling it that. And I know several people who did not put together that, that was what SHIELD was. Because, <laughs> I mean, obviously SHIELD in the comics is known as something different, it's a different acronym. But still, I'm like listening to that, I'm like hearing S-H-I, I'm like, yep, that's SHIELD. It looks like my old truck. <laughs> yeah, my car's not that far from looking like that anyway 
I should get Russ on the phone and let him finish, <laughs> finish the commentary on his phone. That'd be funny, actually. So we're again, coming into the third act here now. We're going to have the, the meet-up with uh, Dr. Stearns. Plus, we have this uh, scene here which kind of establishes that this version of the Hulk isn't as mindless and as, um, you know, without feeling or, or control as uh, the one from the previous film. Right, yeah. Like you know, she said, she can actually, you know, like he knew her, he was reacting to her. And I'm, I'm, I, I also wonder if whatever he's going to do here with, with Stearns is going to help with that level of control. Again, on both sides, because it abated that one session of it. Let me style back to Polanski. So I, I didn't. I, I think I missed that. I never really realized that scene that just happened there. He's getting another series of injections, I guess, huh? Is that what it looked, what it looked like they were doing? I think so. I think they're going to zap him as well with Gamma, right? Um, I don't think he gets zapped with Gamma, at least not that we see it. But yeah, he gets something. Because um, I know when he get, meets with Stearns, he, he gets Banner's blood in him or whatever. He gets whatever in him at that point because he gets the same thing. Um, and that's when the transformation really takes place. But you're right. I can't imagine if they're do if they're doing roadblocks at all the bridges and tunnels into the city that they're not going to stop water traffic too. But some of the couple little holes that I can look through, but still, they just kind of jump out at me. And the obligatory crazy New York cabbie scene. Yeah, but you know, we've experienced that firsthand. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I think you probably would have been better off just going here at the uh in the subway. Where's your professor at? Did they remember they say it was a Columbia? Uh it was a made up name, Greystone oh, oh, okay. College or something. I'm just thinking because you know, isn't that where Parker Peter Parker goes? I was expecting to see Dr. Kirk Connors uh, walk so, by. Yeah, somebody. Like, I, I, I want to see, I wanted to see in all his movies, but I want to see in the Avengers. I want to see Tobey Maguire taking pictures. That's it. That's all I want. Tobey Maguire taking pictures. I wanted to see, uh, the, you know, uh, James Howlett, a.k.a. Wolverine, as one of the Howling Commandos. But. Yeah, it would have been good. Who's this guy? I don't. I, I, he looks familiar to me. I can never place him though. Yeah, uh, I would have to look it up. Okay. I, I I will do so, but I can I can't remember off the top of my head who he is. Okay. But again, I I I too uh, find him very um, familiar, but I can't place him.
What a dummy. Yeah. Okay, yeah, now this thing I do remember when the whole thing, what's going on with his back here, he's kind of starting to mutate a little bit. I guess that is more from the second injection than it is the first one. Or from a combination of the two. Of course, yeah. This is the scene I also mentioned earlier when we were talking about how he didn't quite fit. <laughs> yeah, I like the scene with his chest. There. He, looked, he, looked, he looks like an old man there. Love the love the subtle yeah. foreshadowing. Like a monster. Yeah, I wonder how much of this continuity is going to play into the Avengers and the uh, the form of the Hulk there and whatnot. Not the great greatest of, uh, of uh, encouragement by the equipment he's using here. And just relax. Yeah. This is one scene where they did a, a a decent job, or even a very good job, of the CG. Not that they didn't before, but here's one where you really have you know human actors inter interacting with the CG thing, and I'm sure there's some CG of the human actor as well in there as well. But one of the do do a good job with her, especially when she gets a uh, when she mounts him, as it were. That's a whole different movie, Ken. <laughs> There, there's more. We're not done yet. By the way, the actor's name is Tim Blake Nelson. He was in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, which is probably where I know him from. He's also in Minority Report. Okay. Uh, and uh, the movie Holes. Okay. Cool. I don't think I've really seen any of those, but yeah, I can't... He's too busy admiring the Hulk. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm like a god. Look at this. So whatever is going on here with the blood and he's trying to uh, control the Hulk here, whether he's curing him or whatever, I'm, I really got to believe this has something to do with 
how he's getting increased control, especially during the during the fight in New York coming up. Kind of help to bridge the gap between man and monster, if you will. And it will be interesting if they do play into the whole leader aspect, you know? Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't expect to see that, of course, in the Avengers. I'm, but but if they do go for another Hulk movie, which which I'd be encouraged to see. Um, but I really don't know how far you can take a series of Hulk movies. Um, Hulk smash, that's pretty much it. Yeah, he's got some bunch of gamma-induced villains, but in, at that point, it becomes Smallville. It's just, you know, okay, what will Kryptonite do to this guy this week? Gamma of the week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I'm hoping that the Hulk TV show does tie in some way to the whole Marvel Studios mythos. I mean, it would be a shame to waste all this continuity. Yes. I agree. Dr. Ross's primer, I wonder if that's akin to the super soldier, super soldier serum. Again, going in line with what they were trying to do. I brought my whole box of army men. <laughs> my son did the cutest thing when we were watching Iron Man. Um, in the scene during the hammer presentation of the of the dro the drones, and Rhodey throws up a salute, and then all the the uh, the drones salute. My son threw up a salute. <laughs> That's awesome. Just shows he was paying attention. He's really, I mean, he really loves his superheroes. Which I'm happy to encourage. That's awesome. One thing they do in the cartoon, the Avengers uh, Earth Minus Heroes, is they call each other by their first names mostly. So now he knows them more by their names than their, than their code names. Wow, that's pretty cool. You can uh, understand the concept, you know, of not only the character, but the person behind the character. Right. Right. It's like, well, who's that? Like, that's Wasp. You mean Jan? I'm like, yes, I mean Jan. <laughs> of course, they also insist on calling Darth Vader Anakin. It's funny because I just watched the two-part Ultron story and then the three-part Asgard story, like over the past couple days. Both really well done, I thought. Oh, the whole series. I I can't think there's of a bad episode in the bunch. And that's I mean that's let's say 26 episodes. There's not a bad one. And the last one is really a big cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> so you're being a little paranoid. No, not really. They weave the more ultimate elements into the movies. It makes more sense. Yeah. I think. It just seems like it, it it scans better and it makes for a better movie rather than going with the classic uh, interpretations. Yep. 
I love what they've been doing. I'm looking forward to uh, Beyond the Avengers. I really hope Iron Man 3 is going to be the Mandarin. I can't imagine it not being at this point. I mean, they've basically done... They did the origin. They've basically done Armor Wars. So it's time, it's time for the Mandarin. Plus they had the setup for the Mandarin in Iron Man 1. And there actually was a was a uh, a little su- subtle tease to the Ten Rings in two. The the guy who got the Monaco tickets for Ivan was a Ten Rings uh, agent. The only reason I know that because that was in the uh, the sheet. What they call, something I think they called the Shield commentary. It was a special files way of watching on the Blu-ray, whereas you know little things would pop up right on the screen like like a computer readout, and that was one of them. That's interesting. I like when they add the extra layer of info like that. Yeah, that was a fun way to watch Iron Man 2. I actually can't fault him for for taking her out in that that sense. See, I mean, his reaction to the Hulk here—it's like, okay, you know, he's already not all there, or has his own agenda. Plus, he replicated all that blood. Oh and, yeah. I mean, he has a whole stockpile of, uh, you know, Bruce Banner's blood and stuff. Yep. <laughs> and, and you've given it. What do you think of their interpretation of Abomination in this in this movie? I liked it. I thought it worked fairly well, and I, I really liked the fight at the end of this movie. I thought it was the best Hulk fight so far that I've yeah. seen, you know, out of both films. I really liked it a lot. Yeah, so so did I. Um, in fact, I, not that I heard a lot of complaints about the Abomination specifically, um, but but they definitely did it right in that he was he, he's bigger, he's stronger. And uh, but the Hulk still was able to uh, subdue him, if not actually eliminate him. Plus, in the comics, he always kind of looked a little reptilian. They kind of play that down in this version. Yeah, they do. Didn't they give him the doomsday like, like the bone elbow, like the bone studs coming out of him? Yeah, yeah, there they are, right there. Yep. Because he uses them, he like embeds one of them into the Hulk's uh, shoulder, I think. And there's the blood, and there's the cut in his head, and the leader is born. There it is. Squirmy brain. Yep. Uh, the problem with the Hulk movie is giving him a threat that's credible that, like, is at his power level, you know? Mm-hmm. Same, same like with Superman or Thor or whatever. And the Abomination is one of the few foes that really can, like, match him, you know, strength for strength. Yeah, and that's why I was saying about how far can you go with him. So you, you can definitely easily do that if you keep throwing out a gamma creature every movie. But th- that's not going to last very long. 
as far as uh, enjoyable franchises. Like, okay, it's, it's, it's another Gamma villain. But you, having him on the Avengers, having him on the team, works well. I mean, I'll have the same complaint about Ant-Man. I mean, I, I was surprised when I heard that they were or are still considering an Ant-Man movie to go in with this franchise. Like, well, like uh, where are you going to go with it? I mean, including him into the Avengers would make sense. Sure. Well, Joss, Joss Whedon uh, shot that down this week when they asked him straight out if Ant-Man and the Wasp were in the Avengers movie, and he said no, they were not. Oh, yeah, fine, yeah, I, I was pretty sure they weren't going to be in this one, but I know they were talking about that early on, that there was going to probably going to be, or they were considering an Ant-Man movie as part of these setup films to go with the with the Avengers, but that, that died pretty quick. But yeah, I think that's I good. I think Edgar Wright was supposed to do it and then ended up doing Scott Pilgrim, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right, yeah. You know, but Hawkeye, I mean, I think they're, they're doing Hawkeye the right way, teasing him in Thor, and he'll be fully in the Avengers. But again, I, I, I know there's Hawkeye fans, but I don't think he needs a movie. Again, very much uh, uh, the Ultimates version of Hawkeye, too, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it works. It totally works. Well, yeah, the, the, the Ultimates version of these characters work in many, many ways for the movies. But uh, I, I've maintained that they, they're taking from both where they need to. It's just that and more often than not, the Ultimates version works out better here. I mean, I'll always go back to Iron Man as being, well, that's the traditional Iron Man, but with some Ultimate trappings. And then there was the, what really struck me uh, was that th- scene in Thor, where Loki visits Thor in his cell. Yes, and I mean that was straight out of Ultimates. Yep, like almost word for word in some parts. I even went back and checked in the comic. So yeah, doesn't he catch it? That's awesome. Nice POV shot too. Yeah. Can you imagine how awesome that would look in 3D? I'm kidding. I don't know, the one you want to see in 3D. <laughs> they didn't make it 3D. Right. I love that the wheel is like completely bent out and they're still trying to drive it. There's little touches like that I loved. It reminds me of uh, the Nemesis from Resident Evil. You know, yeah, you're right. That's definitely a good comparison. He just doesn't quite look like that. I do like the design, though. It kind of emphasizes, like, how uh, inhuman he is mm-hmm. and has become, you know? I mean, Hulk just looks like a very big person. Right. Whereas he, on the other hand, does not. Yeah, the one thing that with... Uh the one feature, if you will, of, of the abomination that's obviously missing is the fin on his head. Um, but I'm not missing that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I always wondered about that in the comic, why he looked reptilian in that, you know, in that manner. Yeah, I don't know enough about his origin. Throwing them out of the helicopters right out of Ultimates uh, as well. Right. Only he's not going willingly in Ultimates. <laughs> <laughs> you 
So you think at the end of the Avengers, they're going to be fed up with the, all the, the damage the Hulk causes, so they're going to stick him on a rocket ship and send him in space? Set up the next movie? Or will we get at least the, the leader movie out of it first, and then they'll then they can end Hulk 2 with him going out into space, and then that'll lead us into the third Hulk movie, which will be Planet Hulk. There we go. I just got you a three-movie franchise out of the Hulk. Someone get Kevin Feige on the phone right now. <laughs> Ken Morgan's on line one, and he's got the future. <laughs> I love that. It's like, oh, this is a bad idea. And he's dead. It's kind of funny they they linger here for a minute because you know he's not dead. It's not the incredible stain or the incredible, <laughs> you know, broken blob of protoplasm. No. Yep. It's no. The incredible. Well, that, that scene with the hand came out. We saw that in the trailer, so we knew it was coming. It's hardly and would have looked that would have looked good in three D. Yeah, there's hardly any suspense here. I'm actually thinking on the 13th of September when Thor comes out, I think I'm going to buy the Blu-ray set that includes the 3D, 3D disc just in case. Just in case that day comes I, where I have a 3D TV, I'll have it already. It's like, I don't know, 10 bucks more than the, than the standard Blu-ray DVD combo set. So I'm like, eh, 10 bucks for another disc? Maybe. Maybe I will. I, I'm not, I, I don't know yet. I have one of those, or had when I was growing up, one of those uh, uh, read to you comics. It came with a little, like a forty-five record that had Stanley reading the book to you. Oh yeah, I remember those very well. Book and record sets. Yep. I think it was uh, Peter Pan Company put them out, but they had Marvel and DC. Yep. And it was a Hulk one, and it had uh, your standard Hulk story in there. But in there was um, my first science lesson that I have never forgotten which was what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. And it was the Hulk and the Abomination running after each, running directly toward each other, playing chicken, basically. And then they, 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 and then they hit, hit, and then nothing standing. I don't forget how it resolved, but I never forgot that phrase because of that book. And because Stan Lee's the one who read it to me. I used to love those. Those are great. I think they had Star Trek one as well, and Six Million Dollar Man, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Oh, yeah here, here, here he is using the cars like we were talking about before from uh, Ultimate Destruction. Again, I think the CGI in this is a lot. Uh, well, I enjoyed the the, the um, a lot more than I did in the uh, the Ann Lee Hulk movie. I just thought it looked a lot better, and I mean, I don't know, it really sells this uh, fight too. You know? Yeah. Part of me wants to go back and watch that Hulk again, just just to really see the differences. But the other part of me doesn't want to subject myself to it. Cause I the, wouldn't. Some, well, some of the fights were good. I mean, the, the the fight and the scene with, with the Absorber Man, I enjoyed how we got there and who the Absorber Man was didn't really sit with me right. Like, not that I, I wouldn't have cared if that really, really was the way it was. It just, it just didn't work for me. But the actual fights and that I enjoyed, and that was probably the best part of the movie. Nice slow-mo shot there. Yep. CG's not as great here, but oh, that's a good shot. I 
thought we had a shot at getting Russ back on, but he's... But not yet. Just in time, just in time for the end. See, so we're it uh, can be. Yeah, so we're are we at ground level at this point? It looks like because I, I, I the one thing they were spent so much time fighting on the rooftops. Then when they had this thing with the helicopter, I thought they landed on a rooftop. And then when they finished the fight, there's like a crowd gathering. I'm like, oh, they're on the ground. No, I think they're on ground level now. Yeah, now they are. Yeah, I, I, I remember the first time I saw it. I still thought they were, they crashed on another rooftop. Ladies and gentlemen, join us for the end of the movie, Russell Latham. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. We were joined uh, watching Plus, the I think now. shooting this at night was definitely a stylistic choice, too, just because, I mean, I remember the first Spider-Man movie when they would show the CGI of Spider-Man swinging through New York in the daylight, and it kind of, uh, you know, just kind of the, the, the bright, you know, light just kind of showed off how CGI it was. Yeah. This yeah. is a little more uh, textural, I think, because of the darkness and the, they're able to use ambient light sources like the fire and things like yeah. that. Helps blur those lines, help really, you know, uh, blend everything together. Absolutely. I'll tell you, one movie where the CG really jumps out at me, especially in high def, was Lord of the Rings. I was actually a little disappointed with that. I was reminded that that was uh, that's uh, ancient. In so do we get Russ back just for the very end? Yeah. Did you keep your your DVD playing, Russ, or did you turn that off? And yep. you're okay, no, good. good. So so you're right with us then, right? Yep. Good, good, good. Yeah, here's what I was saying about the bone protrusion using that. Yeah. All right, you know he, he things have changed. He just saw that Betty was in danger, and he needs to take care of this quick. So he's gonna quit screwing around with him and take him down now. Since I missed part of it, I like how I love this. I love the clap. I love. I loved it when I saw this. I che I practically cheered in the theater when he did this. Yeah, it's a very Hulk thing to do. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. I like how much more visceral he looks in this movie as opposed to the last one. That's something we were talking about before. I thought he kind of looked like Shrek in the first one, you know, or in the it, other one. It, it's funny. I listened to um, Comic Geek Speak, you know, episode back in the day when they had Tom Martinek, who works for ILM, and he was oh, comparing yeah. what they did, their version, to this version, which yeah, I guess ILM I remember did that. not do. No, ILM, and, did, ILM did the first one. He was saying how much better he liked theirs, not just because it's us. Yeah, and I – it just – that that one was very smooth, and I, I almost kind of like that this one has a little more texture to it. My and only, my problem with this one, I said earlier in the sh in the episode, was um, that I get like seeing all the texture and the muscles and the individual fibers and all that when he's like really you know working them. But when he's at rest and you still have that same look, yeah. that didn't really work for me at all. You guys like totally missed him saying Hulk smash. 
Oh, I have yeah. my volume down too much. Yep, there's my Hulk smash. This came off a lot better, too, than I thought it would. I was really concerned how having your two main characters as CGI creations for the big finale, how that was going to play off. And it actually actually looks pretty good. Yeah, looking here, it even holds up. I was saying how uh, like King Kong and Lord of the Rings in high def really kind of, you know, you see the CGI too much. But this one, um, it's there. I mean, it's clearly there, but it's still pretty good, even though it's relatively new compared to those movies. Yeah, um, I asked I asked uh, Jim this. Let me ask you: What did you think of this design, character design for the Abomination? Uh, compared I to the more wasn't I wasn't real up on it. To me, you know what it reminded me of is Mister Hyde from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, too much, so I wasn't. Uh, I, I don't think they could have made it exactly like the comic because I don't think that would translate very well either. Right. But um, yeah, I wasn't real crazy uh, about how they did Abomination. And that's kind of where they lose me a little bit with this version of the Hulk, too, on the CGI. When he does the mouth opening wide thing, it I think it's a little too exaggerated. You know, trying to keep it in the realms of how a person would, would really look. It just it looked like it almost like um, Umberto Ramos was drawing um, or influencing the CGI. Yeah, he does seem to get a little smaller when he's not as angry. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I guess, from what I understand of the Avengers, I don't know if you guys talked about this, but they're going to try and make them maybe seven to eight feet tall. Not quite ten, you know, not quite as tall, I guess, as he's been, especially in the first Hulk movie. Time to go. Bleeding green. Yep. Yeah, like I said, he's definitely this Hulk's definitely self-aware. Definitely knows what's going on, and and uh, I I um I wondered Russ earlier, like during the scene with, uh, with Doctor Stearns, if that procedure didn't so much cure the Hulk as they your cure banner of the Hulk as they were hoping it would, but if it helped bridge that gap between man and monster, allowing Banner to control the transformations more and allow the Hulk himself to be more in control. It could be, could be. The other thing um, I noticed as I was watching while while I was down was that the serum they injected Blonsky with, I'm sure you guys mentioned this, but I, I just had to say it, was blue also, just like it was in Cap. The, did you see the, the Did you see the the, the 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 plate that was on the canister or on the the device holding it? No, what it, did it, it no. did have the the cryo sink or whatever, but it also had oh, the yes, phrase yes. Vita Ray on it. Yes, and I wondered if Vita Ray was. If gamma is being used in here as a as a replacement or as a new technique, where Vita Ray was used for Super Soldier, and Jim had the great idea that well maybe Vita Ray was gamma ray, and they just didn't know what it was called then. Could be. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah either yeah. one. But yeah, I thought that was cool that again they you know they're connecting it. It was yeah. you know they injected Steve with the blue liquid into his muscles just like they did Blonsky. So. There's a nice little epilogue earlier. He he bought back the necklace that she had sold to get them to New York. Yep. And he's going to mail it back to her. But more importantly, we're going to get a flashback to our uh, days without incidents as, as he's about to uh, 
we think practices breathing techniques, but with a different result in mind. Mm-hmm. I, I think his uh, experience in New York taught him, if nothing else, that the Hulk can be controlled and can be used. And that's, that's a theme that's even was used in the Avengers Earth Minus Heroes, which is to say uh, Banner doesn't want to cure it anymore. He wants to he wants to, to show that he can be... Here we go. Yes. The right place to put this scene. Yes. What's he drinking, Mountain Dew? Yeah, right. Looked like it, didn't it? Interesting, uh, in the novelization of this, we find out why Tony Stark is even there. He brought a custom-made Stark, piece of Stark tech to contain the Abomination. Which I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. This was a great scene. I love this. I love this. This is a great way to cap it off. And a great line coming up. Hmm. Putting a team together. Time to get the Hulk. Yep. So, final thoughts on the Hulk, guys? I thought it was, uh, there's a lot more continuity going on here than I thought uh, in in regard to the other Marvel movies. Um, It's definitely uh, the best Hulk feature film that we've gotten. Uh, (laughs) It'll be interesting to see how much of this uh, translates directly into the Avengers. I'm hoping most, if not all of it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I mean, I, I always figured I would enjoy it, but, but it actually was, you know, better than, than I thought it, it was, a um, it had a nice balance to it. I think the story and the writing were solid. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it was a much more serious movie, I think than, than the others. So tonally it's, it's a little bit different. Um, then, then, you know, Iron Man, Thor and Cap, which I think were a little more lighthearted, mm-hmm. um, overall, but, but it definitely works. I mean, given, you know, given that you're making a movie and having a character that's built around Raid, but, uh, Duncan McCloud is a stunt double. <laughs> I saw that. Nice. I, I, uh, I agree, Russ. It definitely has a different tone, but it also, at the same time, it does what, if there's any one thing, aside from all the nice continuity nods, if there's any one thing these movies had to do was they had to all be believable that they, believable that they lived in the same universe, that they were part of the same Marvel universe. And uh, this one certainly did. Um, Thor was my one I was most concerned with, and that one very much did as well. So um, those nods, those little tie-ins to bring it together with Iron Man, which, again, when this came out, it was Iron Man and this movie, and that was it. So all you really had to work with was some some bits towards Thor, but the fact that three years ago you had a, uh, uh, an ID plate uh, on a piece of equipment that said Vita Ray that is then carried over in the same style font, you know, the same styling into Captain America three years later, um, again, just goes towards the crafting this whole series has been. It's not just, well, let's throw some movies out there and, and come to the Avengers. Everything has been planned out, especially the subtle details that are meant to, to link the movies together. Really, really enjoyed that part most of all. Which is, that's what made these movies, you know, good for me. They're all good in their own right, but 
but the fact that they're building up to something bigger than themselves is what makes them special. And yeah, we I just like saw in the credits uh, Craig Kyle and uh, Joe Casada as yeah. well as uh, consultants. Yeah, it's like it's almost like Yost is more involved, I think, on the on the animated side, right. and Kyle is is a little more on the on the movie side. But I, I like that Cap came last because it's I wasn't expecting Captain America to really tie as many threads into the other movies as it did. I mean, it it tied threads into into this movie, it tied threads into Aven- uh, Iron Man, it tied threads into Thor, and of course, um, you know, is the is the immediate precursor to the Avengers. So I just thought that was awesome. Yeah, I just thought the fact that it's Captain America would be the only only reason they wanted to do it before Cap, before before the Avengers, rather. But you're right, mm-hmm. all those reasons it, it it tied it all together. The original schedule was supposed to have uh, Captain America be the the May release of a year with uh, Avengers being the July release. And uh, I forget if Cap got moved up to this this year or or, vi- or vice versa. I, I think it would have been tough to put those both out at the same time just because of the actors involved in, in the shooting. I mean... Yeah, yeah. You know, to, to, I mean, Evans pretty much went back-to-back between Cap and Avengers, and so did... Uh, I, gu- I guess Hemsworth had a little bit more time, but both of them pretty much went yeah. back-to-back. I almost want to the- say it was... It was- could have been Iron Man 2 and Thor in one year and then Captain America and the Avengers in one year. But you're right, that would have been very ambitious and, uh, no matter which way you looked at that. Yeah, and, and given you know those guys, their physical appearance, um, you know that workout schedule, I imagine, for both of them is probably pretty brutal. Yeah. And to keep that up for that long, I imagine, is, is probably pretty tough. Sure, sure. I think it makes sense that the Avengers is by itself, though, in uh, summer 2012, just because, I mean, it, it's the it'll be the you know movie of that summer, I think, unless you know something really incredibly bad happens along the way, you know. Yeah, I, I think it'll be that and Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, because Su- Superman would have been December, but that's now into 2013. Yeah. Um, and but in thirteen we'll have uh, Iron Man three and Thor two, at least that's the yeah. schedule right now. Yeah. So in there today, if we're filming Avengers now, they're going to probably start filming that probably right when Avengers is coming out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there's a lot of talk now about Doctor Strange and Ant Man still for some reason seems to have a lot of life in it. Although I think that one, even though it'll be a quote Marvel Studios movie, but I don't see it having a lot of ties um, directly to the Avengers. I don't know that we'll see at least see not Hank to Pym. one. I think we were talking about that earlier yeah. that Hank Pym's not going to be in the Joss Whedon Avengers coming out, but no. you know, again, setting the stage for Avengers two or whatever comes down the road if this franchise continues, I imagine we are going to see standalone movies that will introduce new characters. Or maybe a new character that will come out of a movie somewhere that will be spin off into its own movie, or vice versa. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind or maybe, of. Or maybe Hank Pym will be in it, but not as Ant Man. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, yeah. it was only by uh, an early production script. There's a reference online that Hank Pym was going to have a a reference in Thor, and, and I guess they really did reference him in Thor. They just didn't name him. He was yeah. the, the the colleague that Selvig was going to email. To find out more yeah. information, um, but with all the with, with the with the main reference of Banner, they had just hit you with. They decided not to do some over, do to really overkill it and bring out two references in one paragraph. Yeah, I think the um, 
given that I guess Edgar Wright is really attached to the Ant-Man thing, I would assume it's going to be Eric O'Grady as opposed to um, Hank Pym, but that's just speculation. Yeah, you probably have to include Hank Pym considering the concept, though. Sure, sure. Yeah, but so you could have both. But yeah, well, we'll see. I'm I'm really intrigued by Doctor Strange um, because he's a character I've always enjoyed. Um, and I'm curious to see how they pull that off. I think the animated Doctor Strange, I don't know if you guys saw that, that came out a few years back, was very well yeah, done. Yeah, I did. That was the best of those yeah. animated Marvel movies that, hands down, I really, really enjoyed that. I mean, Surprisingly. I, I, yeah. I like the Iron Man one as well. I, I, I understood the liberties they took with it. Um, but as a standalone thing, I certainly enjoyed it. But the, uh, the, the, the Doctor Strange one I really liked. There was an interesting movie in the late 80s called Dr. Mordred, which was uh, put out by Charles Band and Full Moon Studios, and it pretty much was a, a, a low-budget Doctor Strange movie. Uh, if you check that out you know, online somehow or uh, somewhere, it's called Dr. Mordred, it was, uh, but it was pretty much a Doctor Strange movie. They, it's, it's a little hard to find because uh, um, I think Marvel did exactly did actually you know take action against them you know for copyright infringement or what have you. But, oh, that, uh, that close. It stars it stars Jeffrey Coombs from uh, Reanimator. So yeah, wasn't he? In, he was a uh, Andorian in Enterprise, wasn't he? And he, yeah. and he was and he was the and voice was of the question. Deep Space Nine. He was in Deep Space Nine. Deep Space he played. Nine. Um, he was a Kardashian. No, he, he's a couple he things. A, no. He's a couple different things. Uh, he was uh, Kardashian. No. No, he <laughs> wasn't Kardashian. He was... Was uh, Dominion? Wayun. He was that weird race. He was like blue. Wouldn't he like... Oh, no, he had like fins. He had fins. He was, he was, he was Andorian in Enterprise, and I thought he had another character in, in Enterprise as well, though. Oh, maybe, maybe so. But and it was he, the question. And he was the question. Yeah, yeah. But well, everybody, yeah, that did. wraps up our. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go. No, I was just say it, it. It has to be better than that uh, Doctor Strange movie they did in the '70s with uh, where Morgan Le Fay was the was the villain. Oh yeah, and that guy with the perm and the and the porn star mustache. Oh, I've never seen. Oh that. yeah, yeah. He looks it's... like Mr. Brady. Oh god. He kind of looked like John Holmes too. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Or at least like the right. you know a bit of it. Peter Hooten. That's it, and it was uh, Jessica Walters. I think was the the female was Morgan Le Fay. Morgan Le Fay, yeah. Wow. From Arrested Development and from Archer. Okay. Yep. Back when she was still younger. Well, I think that wraps up our, our commentary for the Hulk because we ran out of movie guys. <laughs> we did. Talk right through the credits. But uh, if you'd like to uh, send us a voicemail, and, um, and, uh, you can do so at 516-468-7912. You can send us an email at comments at legionofdudes.com. Check out Half Hour Wasted on Mondays, uh, our brother podcast with Frank and Brad and Bill. And you can also check out our Walking Dead TV podcast. Uh, all are available at legionofdudes.com, hhwlod.com. It's all the same spot. Uh, we have face group, book groups for uh, Legion of Dudes, Half Hour Wasted, Walking Dead TV Podcast, and Media Minutes. And you can follow us on Twitter at LOD Tweet, all one word, or at HHWLOD underscore network. Or you can follow me personally at Yoda Jones on Twitter. And that about wraps it up, gentlemen. All right. Cool. Thanks Thank for you. getting all gamma radiated tonight. 
September 13th, Thor comes out on DVD, so hopefully not too long after that you'll be getting our Thor commentary. Uh, and beyond that, I guess we're done. Yeah. Good night, everyone. Good night. Nobody's going to give me a Hulk smash? Hulk smash. <laughs>